Thank you for being here this morning. Welcome home to Voice of Praise. It's a little bit damp. Well, it's a whole lot damp. It's a little bit icy. Some places on top of the ridges, it's a little bit more icy. We've had sleet. We've had snow. We've had rain. But this morning, I can sense the showers of blessing on us as a church. And it's good to see all of you all here this morning. Thank you for coming out and braving the elements. We've got, we've got people from, from all different places this morning. The longest travelers that we have here this morning are the couple that's driven all the way from Oklahoma to be here. And, uh, we, we want to welcome. Can I go ahead and say it? Is it okay? Go ahead and say it. We want to welcome our girl, Whitney, to service this morning. She doesn't really need a welcome. This is home for her. But we want to welcome her and her fiancé. Brian. Brian. And, uh, Brian, we're going to be talking about, not about you, but we're going to speak of you in just a few weeks as Faith Commitment Sunday. And a big part of our Faith Commitment is the people-to-people children that we sponsor. And he is the director of people to people missions for the denomination. And, uh, so we got some, we got some firsthand inroads here with people to people ministries and now, you know, but it's good to have you guys here. And I, I know why you're here. I know there was a motive behind you being here since week. So, but we're always glad to have you guys as well as everybody that's here this morning. Welcome home to Voice of Praise. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn them to Jeremiah chapter 15. Jeremiah chapter 15. And I'm going to take uh, three verses of scripture for you there, 15 through 18. And as we as we take those verses of scripture, uh, I, I, just to just to give you a little bit of background about Jeremiah's character, Jeremiah had a tough job, per se. He had a he had a tough assignment. Jeremiah, you could even say, battled with some depression. He certainly battled with anxiety. Jer- Jeremiah had a tough way to go. You know, it, life is tough. My my father-in-law, Sarah's dad, he says so often, he said, now life is, he's 90 years old. He said, life is the education. And it truly is. Life life gives us a whole lot. We know the Bible talks about it rains on the just and the unjust alike. We know that, that uh, those of us that are older in this room, there's many things that we have learned in life. And some of you younger ones that think, well, that, those, those old people, you know, they're just sometimes aggravating. Trust me, someday if the Lord, Lord wills and the Lord blesses you that you get older, you're going to look back. And, and as I do now with my, my dad and some of my the others that have gone on before me, and I say, man, you know, I probably should have listened to those old people a little bit more because uh, there's something about lessons in life that teach us so much. Jeremiah... It was experienced in life probably in the fullness. But, you know, to fullness to us means we've traveled all over the world. We've maybe done this or done that. But the fullness of life is all the up and downs of life. Jeremiah was a guy that had been through good times, bad times, high times, and low times. Let's go ahead and read the scripture. Jeremiah said, Lord, you understand. And take in, take in consideration... This, these passages. Lord, you understand. Remember me and care for me. Avenge me on my persecutors. You are long-suffering. Do not take me away 
Think of how I suffer reproach for your sake. When your words came, I ate them, and they were joy and my heart's delight. For I bear your name, Lord God Almighty. I never sat in the company of revelers, never made merry with them. I sat alone because your hand was upon me and you had filled me with indignation. Yeah, some, sometimes you read some of this and you think, man, Jeremiah, was, he may have a little bit of bipolarism going on here, you know. He said, why is my pain unending? He just bragged on the Lord how good he was. And now he turns around and says, why is my pain unending? Why is my pain unending and my wound grievous and incurable? He's even declaring the illness that he has and his grief incurable. Wow. The same guy that just a couple verses before this was saying... Lord, you understand. Why is my pain unending and my wound grievous and incurable? You are to me like a deceptive brook, like a spring that fails. Wow. Jeremiah, you almost sound confused. But I want to give you some background of what's going on here. There's, there's one... There's one thing in particular going on in Jeremiah's life, and it's evident in these scriptures, and that's that's what I want to preach to you about for the next few minutes this morning, and that is pain. That is pain. It's evident Jeremiah is in pain. Jeremiah is hurting. Every one of us in this room have experienced pain at some time or another. It's been pain in relationships. It's been pain with sickness. It could be pain with injury. It could be pain in, in, our, in, our, in our spiritual walk. It could be, you know, pain comes from many different sources. It engages disappointment. It engages grief. Uh, it, it, it engages broken relationships. There, there's many things that, 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 that engage pain or that pain engages. We pain is something every single one of us like. No, we really don't, do we? Pain is something that is probably safe to say that that none of us in this room enjoy pain. We've heard that old adage, no pain, no gain. Well, if that be the case, there's sometimes in my life I've looked around and I thought, I really be I should be way ahead in life if that statement is necessarily true. None of us really rightfully pursue pain. I, I don't think so anyway. You know, I, I've seen these people that lay on beds of nails or walk through broken glass and things like that. And, and, and I, I, I quite frankly don't understand some of those things. I don't like pain. I don't like pain myself. Thank God for ibuprofen and Tylenol. I don't care for pain. Pain's uncomfortable to say the least. Pain hurts. We know that. There was an old rock song out, out years ago that spoke about love hurts. Well, that's love can bring pain. Pain pushes people into circumstances that maybe they ordinarily wouldn't find themselves in. Pain pushes people into depression. Pain pushes people into anxiety. Pain pushes people into 
addictions like alcohol and drug addiction. Pain pushes people into suicide. Pain pushes people into circumstances and situations that maybe they ordinarily never would or never found themselves in. So, I have a question for you and I, I think it's sort of the question that, that, that Jeremiah has underlined in his, as he's talking and he's praying to the Lord, why, why God, why does God allow pain? Why does he allow it? Why does he allow that to happen? He could stop it. God can do anything. We, we, we say that all the time, don't we? Why does, why does God allow pain? Well, we have to consider that, that pain is a result of a fallen world. A fallen world that, that it's, it's a product of rebellion, if you would, by our, by our original ancestors, Adam and Eve. Pain comes as they rebelled against God. How did they rebel against God? They just did the one thing that He told them not to do. Genesis in 3 and 16, we find that, that the pain of, of women, women's childbirthing would increase as a result. The pain would increase as a result of that sin and that rebellion. And I've never had a child and, and despite what a lot of people in this world, in this, in this world may think, I can't have a child because I was born a male and I'm still a male. And it's not within my ability to have a child. Okay? But, but I, I, I gather that, that, that childbearing is, is one of the greatest pain that, that, that a woman can have. But yet God, uh, uh, designed woman and He designed her that she could endure childbearing. Now, I, I, I've also heard that the, the closest thing to childbearing that a man will ever experience is a kidney stone. And I have been there and done that. And after being there and doing that, ladies, you have my deepest sympathy. Okay? But the pain of childbearing would increase because of sin. Suffering is not what God intended for His creation. It's not what He wanted for us. But by, but by the creation's own free will, we made a choice. You say, well, I didn't make a choice. Well, in essence, yes, we did. It was the choice, again, of our forefather Adam and, and Eve. There was a choice made, and that choice was made that of, of rebellion and and suffering was chosen. So we now live in a world that is broken and inundated with sin and filled with evilness. So why does God allow pain? Well, God allows pain because of a choice we made. Now the good news is, and I'm going to elaborate on that a little bit more before we get to the end of this, but the good news is, pain is not going to last forever. Because God made a way where there was no way. God made, and He made a way through Jesus Christ and what the law could not accomplish, Jesus does accomplish. But we've just not made it to the end of that yet. Now I want to preach to you this morning with a thought, goodness among the pain. And in that goodness among the pain, I want to share with you this morning three manifestations of God's goodness that is found in pain. The first one is there's protection found in pain. There's protection that's found in pain. We find that that in the scriptures, we find protection. We find that that 
Joshua said in chapter 1, we find that the Lord told Joshua, He said, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Amidst the pain that we find ourselves in, we will always find that there is protection found in the Word of God. I, there, listen, I have no power, I have no might within myself. But I can, I can have power and I can find strength in the Word of God. Even Jesus, when he was, when, after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights and, and the enemy takes him, the devil takes him, Jesus' body, because he was just as much human as he was God, his body was hurting. His body was in pain. And the devil took him, we find, and tempted him. But the, but the response of the Lord Jesus Christ to the devil was simply this, Satan, it is written. And you see sometimes, oftentimes, in fact, anytime we're in pain, we can go to the Word of God and we can find protection in pain because it's not about what I say, it's not about what I do, it's not about what I may have abilities of in myself, any power, any authority, any, anything that I may have, but it's about what thus saith the Lord. And I can find protection in my pain that comes from the Word of God. And the Word of God is faithful to us. Secondly, protection is found in wise counsel. Uh, in Proverbs 19 and 20, the word tells us, listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Amidst pain, we can find protection with seeking godly counsel. Godly counsel. Counsel that, that, listen, don't, don't go, we, we, we can't expect to, to, to find protection if we seek somebody that is weaker than we are. But have you ever noticed that sometimes when we find ourselves in pain or we find ourselves being miserable, sometimes the old adage, misery loves company, we will find ourselves going to people that are just as miserable or maybe they're more so miserable than we are and looking for company from them. Let's don't do that. Let's find ourselves seeking out people of wise counsel, people that can... Speak words of strength into us. People that can speak protection into our lives. People that can speak encouragement to us. You know, it amazes me sometimes. And and, and, and I've been in this walk a long, long time now because I'm getting old. But it amazes me sometimes that believers sometimes when they find themselves in the worst pain will remove themselves from the strong counsel of the church and the fellowship of the church. Listen, when you're in pain, don't run from the church. When you're in pain, run to your family. When you're in pain, run to wise counsel. Seek that help. Seek that camaraderie and let them encourage you and uplift you. For strength is found in numbers and iron will always sharpen iron. Don't forsake the assembling of yourself together. When you're in pain, find protection in wise counsel. You also find protection in the working of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, especially in the manifest works of work, the works of wisdom and discernments and healings and miracles and the such. 
Well, listen, we, we often quote and we talk about in the last day, there, there's going to be dreams and there's going to be visions and, and, and all of those things are good and, and helpful and all those things are very important to us. And all of those things come to help us and strengthen us when we're in pain. Listen, the work of the Holy Spirit, yes, the primary work of the Holy Spirit was was that we could carry the gospel message into all of the world and we could be witnesses uh, 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 to the world starting in Jerusalem and into Judea and to Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. Yes, that's the work of the Holy Spirit, but the work of the Holy Spirit also brings us comfort. He brings us strength. He brings us encouragement. Listen, whether you realize it or not, you and I need the Holy Ghost. We need the presence of God working in our life to strengthen us. Listen, when I'm in pain, He can come along and He does and He will comfort me. He will nurture me. He will minister to me. He Listen, He is like when the prophet was beside the brook, there was ravens that came and brought food down to the brook. And, and, I, and though I know that the Holy Spirit is not a raven, He is a dove, I can still imagine in my mind, that's me beside the brook. And the Lord is going going to let the Holy Spirit bring provision into my life and he will your life. There's protection found in pain. Protection. Listen again, protection found in pain through the word of God, through wise counsel and the working of the gifts. And lastly, through divine intervention, because protection is found in the God, Yahweh, God that parted the sea, the God that put the ram in the thicket, the God that rode in the dirt in the ground when the lady was about to be stoned. Listen, there is protection found in the presence of pain if we will trust God and we will lean on Him and we will put our direction towards Him. God will minister to us and protect us amidst pain. Secondly, there's purpose found in pain. I said this morning, if any of y'all watched our drive time video, there's purpose found in pain. Pain sometimes is one of the best friends we can have. There's a few of you in the room. I look around. I know Mike, for instance, back there. And, and there may be some others in this room that have had heart attacks. You know what, you know one of the greatest friend to a person that's about to have a heart attack is pain. The chest pain. It's a warning sign. The pain in the chest, the arms, the shoulder. All of those are warning signs. And, and, and it's telling you, you got, you need to get, you need to get to the ER. You need to call 911, whatever you need to do. Just sometimes pain can be our very best friend. There's purpose found in pain. Dr. Paul Brand, a missionary, after visiting many leprous' village, villages, he was a medical missionary. Dr. Brown was quoted as saying this. He said, if I had the power to eliminate human pain, I would not exercise that right among the lepers he's speaking of. Because he says, pain's value is too great to the leper. Because you see, with leprosy, with leprosy, the, 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 the extremities in the body loses its feeling. It can't sense heat. It can't see, sense, sense cuts. And, and, and it can't sense anything like, like that. And the, the, and, and if, if, if 
with, without pain, without pain, to eliminate the human pain. A leper, a leper could walk and their feet be cut open and they could bleed to death or their whatever part of their bodies lepers they could bleed to death because they get to the place where they feel no pain you see that's the danger of sin because leprosy is a type of sin in in in, in the scripture the danger the danger of sin is we can get to where we if we get to where we feel no pain then then we're we're in a we're in a very uh very dangerous a very difficult and dangerous situation. We need to feel pain. We need to feel pain of sin. We need to feel pain of what's going on around us. We need to feel pain. Pain is our friend. You see, because a leper that felt no pain would continue to injure themselves. A number of years ago, I, I was having a problem with one of my shoulders and, and I went to, I went to the doctor and I, I said, can't you just give me a shot in his shoulder? He said, no, I'm not going to give you a shot in your shoulder. He said, because you've already injured it. He said, if I give you a shot in your shoulder, you think it's going to feel better and you just gonna, you're just going to hurt it even worse than it already is. You see, pain is our friend many times in life. Pain helps to keep us intact if you would. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, we all know this story, I think, and we all are familiar with the account of the Apostle Paul. Uh, uh, he's not writing just about some discomfort, but he is, he is writing about an excruciating pain in his, in his life. I believe purposely that it's, it's called a thorn in the flesh. I, 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 I purposely Personally, I believe it's unnamed and there's no specific because in that thorn in the flesh, that's sort of like a blank there and we could write anything we could want in that line. We could say, because of this relationship I'm in, because of this physical ailment I have, because of the grief and the death that I've experienced, because of uh, of this addiction I have, we could write anything we want into that, that, that line. But the pain was in his life and it was real. And most of us speak of it and know it is the thorn in the flesh. But three times Paul mentioned petitioning the Lord for relief and three times God responded to Paul these four words. My grace is sufficient. The pain was necessary in Paul's life for whatever reason. The pain was necessary. And in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the pain, we find That God was making a way. You know what we call that? We call that. The provision of pain. We call that the provision of pain. You see. Psalms 34 and 18. The Bible says. The Lord is close to the broken hearted. And saves those who are crushed. In spirit. Wow. Wow. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Pain has a way, has a way of humbling us. Whether spiritual, physically, or emotionally. Pain will humble us. But in that purpose of humbling us, we find the provision that God makes a way. So Paul went on to say, In later scriptures, Paul goes on to even say, I take great pleasure in my pain. Wow. 
You ever ask somebody that you know is suffering physically and you say, what kind of day are you having? I'm just having a good day, man. I am hurting all over and I'm having me some fun. I got the, I got, I got a toothache on both sides of my face and I am having a wonderful day. Woohoo! I hooked my little toe on the bedpost this morning at 3 a.m., bent it all the way back to my heel, and I am just peachy king. <laughs> Having me a good old time hurting today. For those of you younger in the room, your day's coming, okay? Not speaking anything over you, just the way it is. But Paul went on to say he took pleasure in pain. It's sort of oxymoron, I guess. He says, for when I am weak, because pain makes us weak. Paul says, when I am weak, I am also strong. There's provision in pain. So there's protection in pain. There's purpose found in pain. And there's provision found in pain. But we don't like it and we don't want it to hang around. We don't want to keep it. But if, if we will trust God through the pain, it all comes into His greater glory. Let's go back to Jeremiah. Jeremiah carried the emotional and spiritual burden of a nation. He carried a heavy load. Many scholars believe that Jeremiah actually bore a large sore or a, a, a good sized tumor on his body. So perhaps he was speaking of physical pain, but maybe he was speaking of the spiritual and emotional load of his leadership position. His pain was probably both physical and emotional. But if you go back to, if you go back into chapter 15 of Jeremiah and you continue reading, uh, here's what, here's what you find. Let me back up. That's not the right one. Verse 15, excuse me, chapter 15, verse number 19. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. If you will repent, I will restore you that you may serve me. If you, if you utter worthy, not worthless words, you will be my spokesman. Let this people turn to you, but you must not turn to them. I will make you a wall to this people, a fortified wall of bronze. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you. For I am with you to rescue and save you, declares the Lord. I will save you from the hands of the wicked and deliver and deliver you from the grasp of the cruel. So God was telling Jeremiah, in essence, if you will trust me, I will deliver you in due season. Now, some of us have been waiting a long time. We think the season's maybe done, already come and gone. 
Some of us, we talked about this just a little bit this morning in our life group. And some of us have been waiting and, and you know, there, there, there's, there are people that leave this world and not seeing their prayers answered. But I've also seen people leave this world and their prayers not answered while they were alive, but their prayers be answered on down the road. See, we, we must look towards the greater picture. When is this pain going to end? When is this pain going to end? Revelation chapter 21 speaks of a time when God's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. Revelation 21 and 4 speaks of a time when there's no more death. Revelation 21 and 4 speaks of a time when there's no more mourning, there's no more crying, there's not any more pain. But he identifies that time as being when all the former things have passed away. But until then. Romans 5 and 20 says, Where sin abounded, grace much more abounded. Until Jesus comes and takes full authority of this earth and the atmosphere we live in once again. Now, is he in control? Absolutely, he's in control. Don't misunderstand me. But we also find, as Paul wrote, uh, that he is letting that man of perdition work in this fallen world we live in. But there, there's coming a time, there's coming a time when, you know, we love to use that illustration when God sits one foot on land and the other on sea. And he declares that time will be no more. Until then, grace is working. That same grace that, that same grace that he mentioned to Paul. You see, he knew Paul one day would be delivered. But he said, but my grace is sufficient. Amidst all the pain, all the suffering, all the things that we deal with right now, i got good news for you. No matter how long you live, no matter how long I live, whether we, whether we leave this world through death or the rapture of the church takes place, I can promise you one thing. God's grace is always going to be sufficient. It always has been. It always will be. You know, we sing that song, The blood will never lose its power. Nor will grace lose its ability to comfort. Grace is abounding where sin is abounding. It's the world we live in now. Bill Gaither wrote that song a number of years ago. And the words of that song says, But until then, my heart will go on singing. Unto then, with joy. I'll carry on. Troubles have come. Troubles are here. And troubles will go. But whatever comes my way tomorrow, whatever comes my way today, and whatever I happened to me yesterday, I have to purpose in my heart and put confidence in the Word of God and put confidence in the fellowship of the believers and put confidence in the provision that God has given me through the work of the Holy Spirit that until then, my heart just has to go on singing. 
Until then, with joy, I'm going to carry on. Do I have aches? Do I have pains? Do I have hurt? Do I have suffering and consequences in my body and in my mind? Absolutely I do. But listen, until then, because I know Revelation 21 lies ahead. When every tear will be wiped from my eye. And, and, and all of, all of those unfond memories and all of those hurts and all of those pains and all of the suffering is gone forevermore. But until then, my heart just has to keep on singing. Until then, with joy, I will carry on. Listen. Until then, we're going to have to endure our thorns. And we're going to have to bear our crosses. And thorns and crosses. Thorns or crosses speak of suffering to us. I hope they speak of suffering to you. Speaks of the suffering of our Savior. We're not alone. We're not alone. Because in the midst of the pain, there stands Jesus. There is truly, truly, truly goodness among the pain. There's truly goodness among the pain. Even when we can't see it, there's goodness among the pain. Even when we can't feel it, there's goodness among the pain. Goodness. And goodness comes from God. I didn't ask Pam to sing that song with the praise team this morning. The goodness of God. I actually meant to send you that. I didn't send you that, did I? Did I send you that? Oh, I did. Okay. Okay. I thought I forgot to. So I did ask her to sing that song. My apologies. I for, I'm, get, I'm, I'm not only old and in pain, I'm old and I forget to remember, okay? So I did send that to you, okay? I didn't want to tell a, I didn't want to tell a thing about it better John. Uh, just picking at John. I love you, John. Sarah said, you need to quit picking at John so much. I just love to. All these ball heads. But there is goodness among the pain. And during pain is when God is at His best. You may not believe that, but I want you to know that is true. Amidst the pain is when God is at His best. I've told this story before, and I, I know it's the most difficult thing I ever went through in my life was when I lost my wife. And I realize I, I, I bring it up often, but I grew so much in my spirit. I grew so much during that time of my life than any, than any other time. And it's in that time, in that season of my life, in the months that, that followed her passing, let me tell you, that was the time of my life that I felt more pain and more aloneness, if there is such a word, or being alone than any other point in time. It's when I felt more abandoned than any other time in my life. I felt more let down. And I never will forget, I was on my way to Roanoke, I was back, I was doing the pastor and stuff, 
but I was numb as a rock. I mean, I, 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 you know, there was nothing. And I had a red Ford pickup truck. And I was driving that red Ford pickup truck to Roanoke Hospital, Roanoke Memorial. And I was going down 81 to do a visit. And some of y'all will remember Billy and Diana Mitchell. Some of y'all remember Billy and Diana Mitchell. Billy and Diana Mitchell, man, they were still, I don't even, I guess they're still doing okay, but they had, uh, they had come and ministered to me at, at my church and, and they had, uh, they had given me a new CD they had recorded. And I was listening to a CD of Diana, Billy and Diana Mitchum as I was driving towards 81 to Oak Hospital. And, and there was a song that came on that, uh, that, that was on that CD that they had written and recorded. And that song was ministering to me. And you know, I was just driving down the road and I was talking to the Lord, both eyes open and both hands on the wheel, by the way. And, uh, you know, you have to, when you're driving a Ford, you gotta keep both hands on the wheel because that thing was like driving a tank. And I was just praying and I said, you know what, Lord? I said, it's been months since I've felt your presence and I've sensed your presence. I said, whether I ever feel you again, if you never do another thing for me in my life, I said, God, I'm going to trust you. And it was in that moment, amidst Billy and Diana Mitchum singing, in that old red 77 Ford pickup truck. That it was filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. And the sting of pain began to ease in my life. Listen, whatever you're hurting from right now, I want you to know there's goodness in you. out and eyes closed in this place please if you're if you've never been saved you don't if you've never been saved you really don't know the fullness of the goodness of God you may inherit some of that goodness no doubt you may you experience that but you are not living in the fullness of it if you're in this room this morning and you've not been saved you're no different than anybody else that's ever walked in this room we all need a savior you just haven't made that move yet. But if you need to be saved, I want you to, without any embarrassment, slip up your hands and say, Pastor, pray for me. I need to be saved. Or if you need to rededicate your life. Anybody in this room? Anybody in this room? Thank you. Any others in this room? Pastor, I need to rededicate my life. I need to be saved. Anybody at all? Thank you for the hands that went up. We're praying for you. And I am going to give you an opportunity here in just a moment. Is there anybody in this room that said, Pastor, I'm in pain. I'm in, I'm in such pain. It's chronic pain. It just doesn't seem to go away. That pain can be physically, spiritually, emotionally. But if you're in pain this morning, I just want you to slip up your hand without any embarrassment and say, Pastor, pray for me right now. 
anybody in this room. Thank you. Thank you. Number of hands on y'all know. This is what I want you to do. Especially those that raised your hand. I want us to come and I want us to gather in this altar. And I want us to pray and seek the face of the Lord. I, I, I want to pray with you and for you. The individuals that raised your hand, you needed salvation. I would like to share something out of the Word of God to you. And there's something to be said about making a public profession of your faith. And, and, and I thought about embarrassing you. I've already promised you that. But I would like to pray with you. Would you, any of you, and all of you, everybody in the church that will, come on and gather right now. If you didn't raise your hand, don't wait on somebody else to come to figure out who raised your hand. That's not the important thing. But I just want to come and enter into a time of prayer. Man, would you go?